This is your Sporting Edge, 91.7 The Edge, WSUW, Whitewater. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Are you ready to go out there and take what's yours? Yeah! What you worked hard for? Yeah! You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Any other questions? The Edge WSUW Whitewater. Welcome into Hawk Talk on this Monday afternoon, Monday early evening, however you want to look at it. Again, this is Hawk Talk. I am Joe Maybe, DJ Joe Cool. Pete Rose, still not in the Hall of Fame. I know it's devastating everyone. Well, he's, in the, he's going to be in the Reds Hall of Fame soon. But welcome into the Monday's uh, the Super Bowl week of Hawk Talk as we uh, have hit the final countdown to the biggest game of the year, uh, arguably the biggest event of the year. Hands down. Um, whether you agree, you know, viewership-wise, especially. Um, of course, there's a presidential election happening this year, so a little bit different. Um, but still, Super Bowl, a huge event for not only the game, the commercials, halftime show, all of that. Super Bowl, and the 50th anniversary as well. So, of course, you know, they're playing on that a lot, which is, they should. They should. Um, so, welcome in. We're here with uh, Connor Moore and Joe Kabicki. Joe, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, it was a pretty good weekend, uh, pretty chill, and I actually had one of my two classes today get canceled. So, Aren't you supposed to get it canceled next tomorrow? I, I, or I Wednesday guess. or whatever day it's supposed to be? Is it Tuesday? Like Tomorrow's t- when we're supposed to get everything. Like, I don't, like, literally this thing keeps updating by the minute every time I look in. Like, the consensus is that we won't be getting, like, the heavy, like, the, like the, the big snow totals, like the 8 to 12. We'll, be, we'll get somewhere between 5 to 8, but we'll still be getting, like, ice and freezing rain, and it'll just, it'll still be a mess, and then everyone is, so it's more, not, it's a lot less of the snow, it's more so, like, the actual, like, overall yeah. conditions with yes. ice and everything, so who it's, knows? It's still going to be nasty be tomorrow. Be safe out Wednesday. there. Yeah. yeah. Be safe out there, and of course... You know, people are talking about, before we get to your introduction really quick. No problem. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, maybe, you know, we're not getting a lot. Why are we talking about snow cancellations? And I, I, I think that for the most part, classes will happen. Um, I know I work on campus, and I, I was talking to my boss, and I kind of made a joke. He's like, yeah, you're pretty much right. I said, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. If classes get canceled, I still have to be here. And so it's like I'm still making my way through campus. But, um, you know, the big thing is Whitewater is such a small community. Not a lot of professors live here. You know, a lot of them commute from Milwaukee or Madison. So, Especially Madison, you know, where they're going to get hit with the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I already had a professor tell me today that, you know, assume we're having class on Wednesday, but he has kids in, his, in the Madison School District, and he lives in Madison, so if he can't make it out safe, you know, be on the lookout. But, Connor, how are you doing? Uh, no, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, sore. Uh, very, very sore. Yes, you, lo- you, you, you moved at a snail's pace in the office today. That's been the story of my day, like, since I got up, but... No, to be honest, I've been tracking this whole storm system because, like, one of my kind of hobbies on, like, uh, unrelated to sports is what is weather-wise. And just the fact that this, this thing is just, like, it literally just keeps updating day by day. The only consensus that it's, it's had since the start was that we're just going to get ice. Like, and we're going to get a lot of it. It's just a matter of what's going what's gonna to come with it. So I'm kind of, like, keeping an eye on that because then a lot of my professors, you know, c- like, the same thing have 
have the whole kids. Like my professor for uh, ethnic politics tomorrow has like a little two-year-old and everything, and I think they have to drive all the way over here from around the Madison area where it's supposed to be a little bit worse there than it is here. And then you have Wednesday, of course. Everything's supposed to, like, freeze up. And then the last time I checked it, it's supposed to, like, snow and everything still and with, like, with heavy, with, like, a lot of wind and everything. So, you know, with snow on the ground, blowing uh, snow, like, visibility and everything. So uh, just kind of goes back to what you said earlier. Just tomorrow and Wednesday, it's kind of just, like, Everyone like has really got to be safe, and I'm kind of worried about what's this going to do for the all staff meeting tomorrow too. Now that I think yeah. about it, yeah. Well, like I said, be safe out there, make smart decisions. Um, that's really what I think uh, we can all agree on. Man, oh, before yeah. before we get into the uh, weekend at Willie's Rock Roundup, whatever you want to call it, we have a very special promotion here on 91.7 The Edge. Uh, we have a coupon which is good for one free drink at Jitters. It expires May 14th. Uh, that's graduation for those of you who don't know. I'll be walking, but yes, it expires May fourteenth. It is a good for one free drink from Jitters, and uh, it, you have a chance to win it right here on Hawk Talk. Be the third caller into our uh, show, and we will at the end of the show announce uh, your name. And uh, just got to swing down and uh, come pick it up in the office. We'll give you more details there. The number to call is two six two four seven two one three one two. Again, that number is two six two four seven two. One three one two. I'll kind of uh, go over the numbers again, go through the number again later on the show. But uh, yeah, third caller gets the uh, will win the free coupon two jitters. For those who don't know, like because I know there's a few, there's a, like I know a lot of people who I talk who are freshmen, like uh, like I hear a lot about this jitters place. Where is it? It's uh, in the uh, it's in the Wells Towers yep. on the if I'm looking at a map, the east side of campus. Um, there should be. There should be a few doors we can just, like, get in easily because I know they have... There's signs pointing to it. Right. There's signs pointing to it. And I know, like, one of the doors, if you're going from the out... From, like, the... If you're, like, outside of the entire building, like, I think there's, like, one set of doors that's, like, still, like, forever open. Yes, because, like, because it's, a, of, it's a communal place. So, right. you know, they're not going to... That's why they have been on the elevators. True, the, uh, true. the cards on the elevators and not the uh, doors itself because it's a communal they have, place. They have, like, cards... Thing on a few doors, door, yes, but, like, few, the main but, doors. Like, yeah, like, the main doors, I oh. think it's just, like, because they know that's... Like, everyone wants to go to Jitters and everything. Yes. And then I know, like, it's still, like, it's, like, open, like, without, you don't need a card for, like, a certain amount of time throughout the day. And then I think at maybe, like, yeah. 9 or 10, that's when they so lock it down, card-wise. So, yeah, it's open. It's usually open pretty late. Um, yeah. You know, it's all volunteer student run, so uh, be nice to them. Uh, Joe, have you ever been there? No, I've never been uh, to Jitters. Connor, you have? Many a times. What's Vol- your favorite, favorite volu- drink? Volunteered there. The Oreogasm. Has Same here. Oreogasm, without a doubt. If you're going to go there for the first time, you hey, gotta if you're going to use gasm. this coupon for one free drink, let me uh, tell you to use it right now. So, uh, we have no callers. Again, really quickly, the number is 262-472-1312. I'm aware, but Connor, uh, are you uh, ready with the Warhawk Roundup Weekend at Willie's, whatever you want to call it? I am. Real quick, one thing in addition to the Jitters it, uh, thing. It is open tomorrow, I believe, starting at 7 or oh, 6. One of, right. it, it's open tomorrow. It's not open today, but it is open tomorrow night. All right. And then so also go there, and there's an open mic night. Woo. Open mic night, and I go there. uh uh, enjoy enjoy the music and everything that happens and get your free drink for sure all right are you ready let's do it all right connor take it away there, there it go. is all right so let's kick it back to last friday uh the, the 29th of january it's already february i can't believe it uh wrestling in the pete wilson wheaton invitational that took place in wheaton illinois uh af- on that day they finished second after the first day of that uh, men's track in the Squid Converse Invitational. They took place. They took second place out of ten teams. Gymnastics at Southeast Missouri State Uni- uh, University. They lost that one. I could go into the score, but you know it's. Blame I'm, Connor. It's not. I'm not going to go into the whole bowling thing. Let's. 
let's not blame me. I wasn't I wasn't in Missouri that Friday. Saturday, men swimming versus UWO Claire and women swimming against UWO Claire. I believe that was here and in Whitewater. Uh, no results are posted. Uh, women's basketball versus uh, UW River Falls. We oh, you know what? I think I know why the scores aren't updated. It's because I didn't refresh the page. Anyways, uh, there's a there's a women's bas there's a women's basketball game on. Come on, work with me. Joe, do you know what was the score of the women's basketball game? Uh, they won. They, they, won, they, by, they won. They won by three. They, they won by three. That yes. much I know. Sixty-three, sixty, was it? Oh, here we go. Sixty-two, fifty-nine. Ah, so close. It was a. Re- it was a really good great game. game. It was great game. Great game. Fantastic. Am- I'm gonna say all three of us are there. It was great. seventeen. It was ranks. It was number seventeen versus number eighteen yep. in the rankings for some of the people who can read the program. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It was such a great game. We'll discuss that later. Anyways, wrestling. Second day of the Pete Wilson Wheaton Invitational Wheaton, Illinois, where our wrestling team took first out of 33 teams. Uh, let's go to women's track. Uh, in the Warhawk Classic Invitational, that was here in in Whitewater. That was going that was going around before and even during the women's basketball game at the Williams Center. Uh, they took second out of 11 uh, around teams. the basketball game. Get it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, men's basketball at UW River Falls. They lost 73 to 68. Nothing went down yesterday. Nothing happening today. Nothing happening tomorrow. And then I'll just cap it off at Wednesday, where women's basketball is home versus UW Stevens Point. That takes place at 7 p.m. right here. In Whitewater, we should we should have the call for that on the 91.7 The Edge here. And men's basketball, they are at UW-Stevens Point at 7 p.m. And that is a Warhawk Roundup or Weekend at Willie's, whatever you may have it. Okay, a little uh, Captain Kirk there, huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, no, for those of you who don't remember that, uh, that was... That was a joke. But I was a butt of the joke last semester because I'd always try to time it out perfectly, and I failed. Or I did pretty well most of the time, but I would so. I think Thursday I, like, hit it. I think, thir- oh, yeah, last Thursday I got it, like, perfectly, and I think it was the first time probably ever. So I was very, I was incredibly pleased. That's the best feeling. Now I was going to give uh, is. Joe uh, poke fun at Joe a little bit. But I'm not going to because he's not Connor. So uh, we're going to move on to the first discussion as we talked about Super Bowl week. And we'll be getting into the Super Bowl uh, a little bit in this game, kind of Super Bowl related. I'm going to say this entire week we have different things planned but out. But the uh, first thing I want to talk about is not uh-huh. the is not the most worthless game played every year. Ironic. <laughs> that is played before the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl. Because um, that, that happened. It came. It gone. Whatever. Um, Good riddance. Yes, exactly. Uh, what I want to talk about is the... Uh, of course, the Super Bowl is all about, as I'm relating to the Super Bowl, the, the winning teams. This player did not play on a winning team. In fact, he played on uh, an 0-16 football team. Calvin Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, had announced earlier in January that uh, he was considering retirement. He's only been in the league for nine years, but he's dominated the, the wide receiving uh, aspect of the game for these nine years. And uh, I think even though he may not have been the best necessarily each year collectively, there has been no one better in those nine years than Calvin Johnson. Um, he announced, it, or I don't know if he's announced it, but it has been reported that he is uh, re- uh, is going to is going to retire. Um, again, just played nine seasons, takes a lot of beat. You know, he took a lot of beating. You know, there's a lot of reasons for his retirement. Reminds me a lot of Barry Sanders. Kind of just like the 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 love of the game has been drawn away. Now my question that I want to discuss. Well, a he was bit. also beat up a lot. Yes. Well, yeah. The, the physical, years, the yeah. physical toll took on him as well. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about, and my question, and I asked, uh, I've asked a couple friends this. So I ask my other friends, you two, 
is Calvin Johnson a Hall of Famer? If now this is assuming because who knows what's going to happen come training camp time, whether it be with the Lions or another team, he may say, you know what, back. you know what, I'm still young, I still have a few years left, I want to come back. But assuming that he's retiring for good, is he a Hall of Famer? He certainly was on pace to be, but he uh, again he had great numbers. He he held the all time record for you know career rush or season uh, receiving yards in a season at like 1964 or something like that. Um, but he again he only played nine years and now I think in the early part of the game yes he would have been a Hall of Famer but nowadays is nine years enough isn't I think maybe I think probably it is it's, I mean I'll kind of just answer the whole nine years is enough thing before I get to Hall of Famer uh, part but I think it is because especially now the NFL has come, has come under so much of a negative light because of all the injuries and everything, albeit most of them like head injuries. But the NFL, more probably more so than ever, has really come under fire for being such like such a violent league, which is something we all knew. But for whatever, but it's been magnified, you know, with like the head injuries and the and the type of blocks and the tackles and whatnot and everything, and especially, and we look at certain positions, you know, like there's like a certain age limit or a certain season limit where once a player hits that point or gets past that, then it's kind of just like like their clock is even their cl- the clock for them to call it a, a career is ticking. And you look at a guy like Calvin Johnson, who is an absolute freak of nature, an absolute specimen, uh, just his overall stature and everything. And because of his of because of the way uh, his his body is, like he's able to go up there and go for more jump balls. He's able to fight off more defenders and can take more hits than probably your average uh, receiver can. So, and I mean, it's kind of like the same thing for a running back because what's because the, the old thing with with all running backs, once a running back hits the age of thirty, that's when their career tends to end. You know, that's when their numbers start to tail off. Uh, when you're a quarterback, you know, it's sometimes it's even it's kind of the same thing. Maybe even sometimes before because the quarterback's probably the most hit position on like. Uh, on the field, so I think nowadays, I think nine. I think it, if it really depends on what you do in those nine years, uh, and if this is in fact it, and from yeah, what we, we are assuming, we are just throwing right. it out there. The Hall of Fame discussion. We are we are going to assume for this discussion that he's re- he is done. He's retired. Right. He's not going to play another season. Right. He's not going to come out of retirement because based on everything that's come out and everything that what what he supposedly told the team and family and friends. This is supposedly it. Like, that, like, he's yep. done. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense because, I mean, his ankle never really healed. His knee never really healed and everything like that. So, if we're going to go with if Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer, I mean, the only other receiver I could think of prior to Calvin Johnson, like, right before Calvin Johnson, that I could think of that was doing things Calvin, Calvin Johnson was, but just, a, like, a little bit, quote-unquote, smaller, like, height-wise and maybe weight-wise, was Terrell Owens, and Terrell Owens is about to mess around. And I mean, we'll find out this weekend because you know during the during the NFL honors ceremonies, uh, they announced the 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 Hall of Fame class of this year. But I mean, I feel like Terrell Owens is going to be a Hall of Famer anyway. I think Calvin Johnson definitely earned. Is he a first ballot? Is he a first ballot? I don't know. I don't. I, I think that's. A, I think that's a straight no. I, I I honestly believe no. Is he a Hall of Famer? Of course. I feel I feel like his his overall body of work, despite the nine years, 
I mean, we're talking about a wide receiver who pretty much came into the league, and there was just, like, no learning curve whatsoever. Like, he came into the league and immediately put his foot and immediately put his foot down as the best uh, wide receiver in the game. The, o- like the only wide receiver who's done that since, only wide receiver who's done that since is Odell Beckham Jr., but he started co- to come alive in the second half of his rookie season because he got hurt. Imagine had he had a full season under his belt and everything. Like, we, we, we'd be talking about uh, o- ODB for, like, more than we already do. But the fact that Calvin Johnson, he wasted zero time at all, and you mentioned he has the, all, he has the all-time record, and you, and you think of all just the highlight plays and everything, and he just has this uncanny ability to basically have three guys on him and just drag them an extra 10 yards, almost like a Barry Sanders, but just taller and at the wide receiver position. I feel like his overall body of work says he's a Hall of Famer. First ballot, I'd agree with you. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer because I think that I think that there's always, in the case of him, whenever he's eligible, there's probably going to be like three, four other guys where you look at and be like, oh, yeah, though, like those guys definitely have to be in the Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson's not one of those guys where it's just like the world will end if he isn't in the Hall of Fame, but I feel like he's uh, definitely deserved to have a bust in Canton, Ohio. Um, I have to agree. Um, I feel like he will be in the Hall of Fame, definitely not not the first ballot for with any means but um again it's also tough to say because there's plenty of great players not in the hall of fame um just kind of looking through some of the you steal my list which list do you have i am on uh it's a washington post article Okay, mine's not. It's mine's okay. a Bleacher Report. Uh, just okay. one of the ones, just kind of scanning through. Joe Theismann's not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, Short career. So, um, but I do think that now nine years is enough. Um, I, I really do. He's right around 30, 31 years old right now. So, um, I don't know. It's just such a rough sport that takes quite a toll on you and as Connor mentioned earlier, he's had several injuries, and I really do think that uh, nine years is enough. If he chooses to come, I, I kind of foresee him come deciding to maybe play a tenth. But again, you never know. So, but um, I don't think this is the end for him. I I expect him to come back and play one more year, make it a nice round ten. But um, I do believe he will get in the Hall of Fame without a doubt. Um, I think I could see it happening, but let me play devil's advocate here just so we have a different viewpoint. Go for it. Um, and it's going to be very statistically driven. Um, arguably one of the best receivers to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have to take into question how much of Canton is a numbers game. Um, you know, who knows? Um, I know it's, I don't know the voting process as, as well as I do the baseball process. So my only concern is it took Chris Carter how many years to get into the Hall of Fame? So many. Well, more than I think everyone would agree with. It took him way too long to get in the Hall of Fame. And if you're going off that, which it's not always fair, but he's a receiver. If it takes, if it took Chris Carter that long to get in the Hall of Fame, then no, Calvin Johnson's not a Hall of Famer. Because then you can't, you can't, uh, there's a little argue. Um, yes, some of his numbers have been surpassed, but uh, you know, at the time of the retirement, his retirement, statistically speaking, and I think you know, just opinion speaking, Chris Carter was the second best, second greatest receiver to play the game, behind Jerry Rice. Again, this is you know when he retired. Right. Um, Johnson only played in 135 games. 
so, but he's you know what he did in those 135 games. That's what's incredible. Um, you know, I'm reading this article off the Washington Post, and uh, some interesting stats they throw up is there are 39 receivers currently in the Hall of Fame. Um, of those 39 receivers, only 17 have played less than the 135 games that Johnson has played in. Now that's still a decent amount. Of the 39, 17 of them played in less than 135 games. But again, you know, you're looking at receivers from, you know, years, you know, from the early years where passing was, a, you know, you, they got in for their blocking just as much as they did the receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just another interesting stat is according to pro, uh, a profootball.com reference, uh, players with similar length careers and quality to Johnson. So not the same numbers, but like would equally be, you know, looking at the numbers officially. Uh, a couple names that stand out like is Brandon Marshall Hall of Famer right now if he was to retire right now. Retire right now. Or would he just be a a, a, a great receiver? Great receiver. Is he really the, a Hall of Famer on the fringe of being a Hall of Famer? On the fringe. Okay, um like it's one of those like is yeah, Vincent yeah. Jackson or is he, again, just going to be a good receiver for his time? When he was in the league, he was one that's, of the better receivers. That's but tough. Is, one, he yeah. a vol- is he a Hall of Famer? I don't Chris I don't Collinsworth. Know. These are Again, I'm not trying to say you guys are wrong. I just want to take a look at it from you know, a different standpoint as to why he may not be. Right. And I think this is, a, especially, I think this alone is the reason why he's not a first ballot. Um, and the other, the other one, um, the other thing is his, uh, his winning. And again, I'm not saying this is fair or not because I don't think I I, I find the the Super Bowl statistic unfair. Is you you know a lot of the NFL is based on winning. Um, you know how many how many times do you hear, you know, oh he'll he'll always be faulted. What was Dan Marino's biggest fault? What was stopping him from you know being unanimously considered the greatest the greatest quarterback for a long time? He never won a Super Bowl. You know, if Aaron Rodgers was only ever win one, this is a hairiness right now. If Aaron Rodgers ever won one, was to win one Super Bowl, one of the things that they'll mention is he was a great quarterback. He should have won more than one. Brett Favre is, you know, they talk about Brett Favre like that. He should have won more than one. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know there are obviously times where the team around him wasn't the best, but there are also times it's like if you're if you're going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, that's why you know people argue with Brady. Look at the LeBron James, Michael Jordan. Yep. What is the what is the very first argument someone makes in support of Michael Jordan? He the very more. first he argument. He, he's perfect in every single NBA Finals he's ever played in. Finals. He's Victory. six for yes. six. He's, he's six, six for six. Even if he was six for eighteen, they would still say, "Well, he has six. You LeBron's know, got two. LeBron, LeBron's got two. Yes. After that, you throw out statistics. You throw out mm-hmm. you know whatever. But the very first argument people make is the fact that LeBron. That's what you know. Oh, Kobe Bryant. That's why he's better because he has five. So. With that, not only did Calvin Johnson not win a Super Bowl, he was on historically bad teams. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He was on a team that went 0-16. The first team to do it, only two teams have ever done that. Or was it a third recently? I, I think he – no, I think – I don't think there was a third reason. I think they just barely yep. missed it. And the Lions that year were terrible. God, they were I mean, it's, absolutely uh, terrible. It, I think that's what's more impressive is to put up those kind of numbers. That's the argument you can make. But with that bad of a football team. That's the argument you can make, um, and I agree with it. And the other, uh, another argument that can go either way 
again, I'm not saying this is, is right or wrong, is the idea that, well, they were such a pass-heavy offense that, you know, oh, well, yes, he's putting up, you know, 120 more yards a game than, you know, he's putting up 120 yards, but they also throw for 400 yards, and but they don't win. You know, again, it's, it's a lot like the Saints kind of mentality. Again, that's that could so that could either be used against him or for him. You know, oh, you know, his numbers are playing in an incredibly pass-heavy offense, so he's going to bound to get. But some of the you watch him play, of course, that's a different story. That man was hard to cover. Six five, two fifty, a receiver. Oof. All right. Well, that was our intake on that. Um, I just wanted to get your your your, your thoughts because that's definitely one that's going to forever, even if. He makes a Hall of Fame, or even if he doesn't, that's forever going to be a question: Is has, did he do enough for the Hall of Fame? On to Super Bowl. On to two teams that have won: the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are playing in Super Bowl Fifty come Sunday. Uh, we have all week to talk about it, and so we're going to kind of, I think, make our way closer and closer. The closer the game gets, the more we're going to talk about the, you know the game itself. So one thing I uh, I just want to recap. Um, this their regular seasons, mm. and use the regular season to discuss. You know, the way I want it to work is, you know, okay, this is the reason why I think Denver will lose because they're not the Carolina Panthers. Okay, that's a bad example. I apologize, <laughs> but you know, say, hey, you know, I saw this, this this part of the regular season. You know, just talk about their seasons. What impressed you about the teams? What brought you know con- some some concerns, surprises? I mean, let's be honest, Carolina was a, the, the surprise of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, what is it that you see that from the regular season that, you know, again, you know, would lead you to believe that they do have a chance to win this game or would you lead, would lead you to believe that eh, maybe not so much? You guys kind of know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want me to start with the Carolina Panthers? Uh, I mean, you could. All right, we're going to start with the Carolina Panthers here <laughs> and I will give my first intake. As uh, <laughs> for, for new listeners, I am a diehard Panther fan and no, I am not a bandwagon fan. Um, as these two can contest, I have been a Panther fan true and true. For as um, long as I've known you, I know you've had. I've been, been a Panther fan since 2000. And I mean, I've met, and when exactly, I met you last yeah. year, I always knew you were. Ne- I never got the feeling that you were a bandwagon fan. Thank you. I, I, this is one of those things. Being here, you have to, you have to make, especially because they're doing well. You have to make that like disclaimer. Carolina's regular season was great to watch as a fan. Um, I'm going to try to be as subjective as possible, or objective, or whichever one um, is is unbiased. Um, obviously, they they won 15 games. Um, the only concern that I brought into is the teams they played. Because the reality is the NFC South was not the worst conference in the league this year. That would be the NFC East. But they could be argued that they were still the second worst. You know, last none of the teams made drastic changes. Yes, you know, Tampa got um, Jameis Winston, Winston. Uh, which you could in argue, say, put them back a little bit just because he's a rookie. Um, though he had a good year. Um, a Pro Bowl year, apparently. A, a Pro Bowl year, an alternate Pro Bowl year. Alternate um, still, Bowl. but nonetheless, this is, a, this is a league that didn't, this is a conference that didn't change a whole lot. No. All the teams were roughly the same. It wasn't a big name that went to any team that I can remember in the NFC South. If anybody, that the only person that I can think of re- remotely big who went to NFC South was uh, the center from Seattle, Max Unger. I yeah. Believe, and that's part of the Jimmy Graham trade. But in essentially everybody in that division lost, was set back in some way. Tampa Bay, rookie quarterback. Uh, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, you get a great center to protect Drew Brees, which has been your problem. But you lost but Jimmy Graham. Yeah, but you lost Jimmy Graham. Carolina, Kelvin Benjamin, and everybody and their mother decided to drop with injuries. Yeah. And the other team. Especially the other especially team. Green Bay, Cowboys. The other team would be, wow. No, a- Atlanta. Atlanta, who, Atlanta. who knows just, what happened to them. They just fell off. Like, they I, disappeared. Because that's the thing. I remember talking about it earlier. 
let's just talk, you know, we got 32 minutes. Let's just talk about the season as a, as a whole, instead right. of each analyzing it. We can just kind of open discussion. Because, um, yeah, that's the thing with Carolina, was I remember we talked about this early on in Hawk Talk, like two, three weeks into the season. Who was going to be the team to beat in the NFC South? And I had predicted about 10 wins. That was my prediction looking at the schedule, saying I, I, I believe we should, we should win 10 games. I'm right. hoping for more. <laughs> I got more. Um, <laughs> you got a lot more. <laughs> I got a lot more. Uh, but the reality, I, I remember, and it wasn't everybody, but there was a couple people here who said, Carolina will be good it, for NFC South terms, but it's Atlanta's to lose. And I think that was a fair statement to make. At, at the time, it looked like it was about to come true. You know, true, they both started that, like 4 or 5 and 0. Oh. Something like that, yeah. But then Atlanta just, what happened to Atlanta? Uh, I want to say injuries, but it's just like Matt like Matt Ryan couldn't get blocked even though they uh, they drafted the kid from Texas A&M. You know, their defense choked. Their running game died after uh, Freeman went down. And to be honest, that's probably one of the biggest mis- – if I had to pick, like – one of the bigger mysteries of the season that I—that's probably it. What happened to the Atlanta Falcons? Because even now, I'm still like I'm tossing out like ideas, but it's like I'm still struggling, struggling to figure out. Okay, like okay, yeah, you you dropped, you lost when you were undefeated. Oh, that that happens. Somebody's got to lose eventually. But it's like they just completely imploded. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like after that one loss, like. And everything broke loose. You know, to describe this, for fans who maybe have a hard time, uh, you know, trying to figure out what we're in, I think that best describes the season, is we're, we're, we're dumbfounded. Yeah. Like, we don't... Yeah, I mean, there, there, there was no rhyme or reason to why they were losing. That basically. roster was set up yes. to win that division. Matt Ryan yeah. has won before, too. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. You, know, you know, it's not, oh, maybe this will be the year that Matt Ryan finally wins. No, it was... He's a win. I would say, like, I Not mean, in the playoffs uh, yet, but in the regular right. season, he's had a lot of success. Drew right. Brees, a winner, exactly. And it's like, and obviously, like I'm this this what I'm about to say. Like I said this, you know, going into the season. So this was before I knew everything that happened. This was before uh, Car- uh, Carolina, you know, with the injuries and everything and everything like that. But in the beginning of the season, the way how Atlanta addressed kind of like their needs, and the biggest one was protecting Matt Ryan. One could say that. Given the NFC South, the state that they were in going into the season, because you didn't know what you were going to get, they like you were hard pressed to find a, a team better. Like the only other team was probably Carolina. It could go one or two, but outside of that, that roster was set up where you could look at it. It's like they could take like that's a team where if they get it clicking, they could run the division. And for a point in time, they were with Carolina. Then they dropped one. And then no one knows what happened after that. Yeah, like no I one. don't know what happened. And then they come and beat Carolina. Yeah, Which, exactly. They they decide to figure. Oh wait, we're a football team again. And then beat yeah. and then beat Carolina. Which I will actually I will say, um, of all the top moment of all the the best things that could have happened to Carolina in the regular season. I'm not saying it's a top moment. I mean, there was a lot of great. You know, Cam Newton's run against Arizona. If you guys remember that. Yep. Where he just kind of literally carried everyone back in and got the first down. Was losing. That was one of the uh, key moments, I should say. Key moments in the Panther season was losing to Atlanta. I think they needed it. Uh, it was one of those. You know, if you're going to have a bad game, have a bad game in the regular season where it means nothing. If you ultimately win, right. you know, I would have rather because okay, you have a bad. Let's say you, you go undefeated, you have a bad game in the playoffs. What happens? You're probably going to lose. Yes, and Carolina was was playing well before then. 
But since they lost to Atlanta, what they've done in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think it was a good point. It was late enough in the season for it to be a good point for a reality check. Um, just like to understand that we're still good enough to win and we, we can keep winning. But hey, we are beatable, so it, it's not time to not time to just. You can't just show up. Yeah, you can't just right. show up. You can be beaten. So um, I, I, I think that was a perfect point for him and for a game to lose that late in the season when they already knew they were making playoffs. Um, I, I really think that was a good. A good point to do that. I think it also helped that it came to a division that it came to a division rival. See, I'm, they needed, I'm disappointed with that I one th- actually, just because I hate Atlanta. No, understandable, <laughs> but I think like they needed that extra like smack in the face to like to like get it together. It's like, yes, you're still beatable. Like, yes, you are running things, but you are a still beatable. And any given day, you, you can to, lose. Yep. Even like whether it be somebody who's on top of their game in the playoffs. Or a team like Atlanta, who's traditionally gives you trouble in the division, but for whatever reason, completely forgot that there's that it's a 16 game season and you can't win after you after you're undefeated for like five games. Yeah. So I think like they needed that to realize. Oh, because I feel like at that time, I think if there was ever a time where people were, where people can make the arguments like, oh, some of the Panthers are getting ahead of themselves, it was around that time. Because notice after that loss, yes, they were still having fun, but it was but they got right to business immediately it wasn't just like oh let's toy with them and now let's end it they were like at the end of that it was like cats out of the bag now pretty much (laughs) pretty much like after that loss it was pretty much just like end it now and they would just put their foot on the gas pedal so one thing you know with that is uh i think carolina is a great they're 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 willing to learn um and we kind of we is kind of reiterating the point but okay so carolina loses to atlanta Okay, that's their learning. Okay, they know they can't just show up anymore. So they move on. They, you know, they learn from that. Playoff comes. You play, you know, first playoff game. They get their, you know, they have a bye week, so they don't play in the first round. Second round against the Seahawks. They put up 31 points against the Seahawks, against the Sea Chickens. Um, on a, you know, in the first half. Now they came out. They said, "Oh, we're not going to go conservative." But the reality is, you watch that offense play. They went conservative. And they learned that in the playoffs, especially with teams like Arizona and Seattle, that you can't just let up. You know, in the, you know, if you let up, you you risk the chance of, you know, letting them back into the game to the point where you may not get the rhythm going again. Mm-hmm. So then they come out and they play Arizona, and you know they 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 build another big lead in the f- second half, and then they come out to the second half and instead of saying you know what we we've got a comfortable lead, they say you know what we're going to continue to pound the rock. Keep pounding their mantra. Their mantra, exactly. You know who said? You know who originally started that? Was it Riverboat Ron? Sam Mills. He was a uh, original Panther. He uh, died of cancer a few years ago. Uh, kind of the heart and soul of the team while he was uh, on the team, and then was a very uh, key. Mo- he was a, it was a, during a halftime speech he gave or a pregame speech or something like that to a team a few years ago. But nonetheless, um, fun little fact. Nice. So you know, I think that they're learning. Of course, the question is now: What do they learn against that Arizona game? Because there was nothing to learn. They dominated front and back. They offense, right. defense, special yeah. teams. You know, and I expected to be Arizona a considerably better competition than they showed in that game. Yeah, uh, and maybe it was just a bad game from Arizona, right? On top of Carolina playing well, but at the same time, you know, that's that's what separates Carolina is that they weren't playing the. You know, they didn't play that bad game. Arizona. Kind of, you know, 
either took the foot off the gas against Seattle that last game of the season, or they just became a bad team. But they, you know, everyone talked about the, oh, they exposed themselves during Green Bay. Yes, they beat Green Bay in overtime, but they could have easily lost the game. You know, it wasn't a very good game played, but they won. And then they come to Carolina and they just get massacred. Seven turnovers. That's the thing is too. The defense is just insane. You have, have to a, wonder though if that's going. You have. To, uh, I mean, this is probably just like people just cr- overly criticizing Carolina cause, and everything because, like, on both sides, there's going to be people overly criticizing both teams because yeah. it's natural Super Bowl week. You have to wonder if the argument can be made that it, do they have one more game like that in them, or was that the game? And is this the, is or or something like that? For as a fan, let me as, answer I mean, as a fan. I was, was, was going to say like as a, like as a like as a fan like as a fan, yes, to do. As an analyst, they don't need that type of game to beat the Broncos. I'm saying I'm not saying they can just show up and win. I'm saying they don't they don't need to force seven turnovers against the Broncos. Yes, you need to force turnovers against Manning. You need to make him throw, you know, a couple interceptions. But you know you don't need and I, continue the aggressiveness. But if they don't have that, try to play for that game. But if they don't, I still think their defense is good enough to beat this team. Okay. Personally, but I don't. But yeah, I would like to see seven turnovers. Okay. I like I like to see Manning retire at halftime because of how uh, <laughs> miserable the game's going. He's just going to set his helmet down and keep walking. I love Manning, great, you know, class act all the way. Mm-hmm. But I hope he just retires at halftime because he can't handle it anymore. Oh should we boy. should we should we move on to Denver now? Well, let's, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to. I would say there's something about the Denver the, 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 the talk on her the Denver Broncos that I actually want to get to when we uh, when we're talking about this season. Fair enough. Just a quick recap for fans. Um, they went twelve and four. They were the first. They uh, the number one. They uh, just beat out the Patriots for the number one seed in the playoffs, yep. uh, giving them home field advantage. Um, you know, it was kind of an interesting storyline. Peyton Manning, you know, was a quarterback who was you know just he was there. Their, the team was winning around him, and he was just kind of the old quarterback there, who yeah. happens to be there, having a good season, uh, kind of. I mean, he had, but he still threw a ton of interceptions. He threw more interceptions than he had before. He gets hurt. Brock Osweiler comes in, you know, shows potential, but it, you know, first couple games plays lights out, and everyone's like, "Boom!" You know, keep him starting. <laughs> um, you know, Brock. It's all you know. Oh, this is now Brock's show, and um, this is Brock's show. And then, uh, yeah. My, so for those of you who don't know, sorry, I'm a little out of my watch. Just kind of broke on me. <laughs> um, but it was, it's Brock Osweiler's show. And then he struggles the next two game, next couple games. And then in the final game of the season, Manning comes in off the bench and rallies the team back to victory and is, you know, back in the playoffs, back in the Super Bowl. That's kind of the recap. Connor, I will uh, mess with my own uh, device as you uh, <laughs> go ahead and give a uh, your input on, uh, on the Denver Broncos. I think I fixed your watch. I appreciate that. I think. Oh, nope. no, I didn't. No, that's fine. Um, okay, so to be completely honest with you, my whole thing uh, w- uh, with, the, with the Denver Broncos is that, yes, like technically on, like, yes, technically, like, on paper now and based on postseason and the last game and whatnot, this is Peyton Manning's team. It went into the season, Peyton Manning's team. It's going into the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning's team. He's the starting quarterback, so you kind so by default you're kind of just like, all right, yeah, he's the leader. This is his team. But I and maybe I'm going to be wrong, and I really hope I'm wrong. But I have a funny feeling there are, are hard. There, there's not going to be a lot of people 
who actually look at the entire season, you know, and realize that if Peyton Manning had led this team from start to finish, the only reason they're getting into the playoffs is because of their defense, because their offense was just flatlining after a while. And then the defense was still doing their job, but their offense was flatlining until they put in Brock Osweiler. And yeah, he did. He didn't like light up the light up the world in every single game like he did those first few games. But he still played some phenomenal football. My whole thing is just that I have a hard time believing that. I mean, everyone already you're already looking at it in the like in a lot of the pre Super Bowl hype. Peyton Manning coming back, blah blah da da da. The Broncos defense this. Uh, outlasting the Patriots, that, and everything like that. But it's kind of just like, okay, but who got them there? I mean, I know you and I were talking about this. and I mean, you were here before, and you were at this university when this whole thing happened. But this is the whole Matt Blanchard, Lee Brecky situation uh, being played out in the NFL right now. But it's kind of just like, me personally, is like, I'm not gonna, I'm not sitting here saying... I'm not sitting here saying Bench Manning, uh, Osweiler got him here. Osweiler deserves to start the Super Bowl. No, I'm just saying, are we going to give? Is it just because Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, and he now has the keys to the ignition all over again? Are we handing him all the praise as a result, or are there people going to realize? Yes, Peyton Manning technically got like got them there in playoff sense, but regular season sense, Brock Osweiler was the one who got who helped them out and got them to this point. I don't think a lot of people are, are looking at it at that angle, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've just been talking to the wrong people, or I've been around and I've overheard from the wrong people around campus. But from what I've noticed, nobody's giving Osweiler like, his credit. They're like, oh, yeah, he came in and helped, and uh, he came in and did a decent job. But Manning, though, Manning's the guy. Manning's going to ride off into the sunset. It's kind of just like, no, Osweiler. Osweiler kind of got them there in the season. Well, I mean, this is... Peyton Manning story that we've got for right now is the kind of the story that everybody wants. You come in and you win your last game, you win it out, and that's how you end your season with a Super Bowl victory. That would be uh, end your career with a Super Bowl victory. That would be the ideal, and that's the story that kind of most people most not me. That, uh, that's why I said yeah. That's why I said most. Uh, most people are hoping for, and I mean uh, me that's, too. That's, in all honesty, like I want to see Peyton Manning right off. And, and that's the story that sells. I mean, that's the story that sells for the media. So that's the one they're most interested in. However, even looking at the last two playoff games, Peyton Manning did not play all that well in either of the last two playoff games, especially the one against the Steelers. The uh, the Broncos looked like they were going to lose right there down to the last half the last half of the fourth quarter right there against the Steelers and then you'd be looking at a whole different playoff picture so uh, again we can't forget Brock Osweiler but right now I, I don't think there's any other person that Denver wants at the helm other than Peyton Manning and he's going to be the one to play and we'll just have to see what happens but um, I, I really think Carolina's defense if they can force uh force Peyton Manning to make those bad throws especially some of the ones that we saw that were completely off the mark against other teams I think that's going to be the difference yeah Denver you know they're 12 and 4 they certainly um have their their right to celebrate and they did you know they beat a team that was supposed to New England was a four what a four point favorite on the road something like that yeah, yeah. like who that never happens especially in the AFC championship game 
you know, and it, the only time you're a four point favorite is if you know you're the number. If you're the new, like I think the New England Patriots probably were a uh, couple point favorite in 07 when they went when they went you know uh, 18 and one as Carolina will soon go 18 and one, um, but you know have a better result. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's it's you hit it right on the matchup. It's not it's not just the Peyton Manning story, but you know it's it's the you know incorporate Carolina into it as well. You know, it's the old man versus the you know the, the young kid. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 wiry veteran who's, you know, been there, done that. Yeah, he hasn't had the most success in playoffs in Super Bowl history, but he's won a Super Bowl. And you have, the you know, the, the up-and-coming, you know, the, the controversial, if you want to say. Uh, and, of course, you know, Peyton Manning has a little bit of controversy going on with him, but I don't, no one's taking it seriously as well. I don't think they should. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's it's, it's the storyline that ESPN loves. They certainly love it. Um, and, yeah, you know, people want to see Manning go out on top, you know, but he's already won the Super Bowl. But yeah, New England. But yeah, so Denver. You know, they go twelve and four. You have to respect that. You know, twelve and four doesn't always get you the number one seed, but it did this time. Um, and you know, they, they. The big thing is, what did they do to Brady that, um, you know, hadn't been done to Brady most of the year. They got to him. They got to him. Carolina has a great offensive line, I think. And by great, I mean as a fan, I think they're a great offensive line. Oh. Ryan Khalil is arguably the best center in the NFL. He's a, he's a perennial pro bowler, perennial all pro. You know, and you have a couple good pieces here and there. And then, you, you know, Michael Orr is a good story. It's a great, you know, it's a great story that, you know, he was rated one of the worst tackles in the NFL and comes to Carolina and something clicks. You know, what, whatever it is, you know, whether it be the right coaching or just the right environment, something clicked. And he had a modest, I mean, he had a serviceable, I would say even more than serviceable year. You know, he had a good year. Um, but Carolina, I mean, their offensive line can be exposed. You never know. So, you know, what happens if Cam faces pressure? You know, I think a lot of people talk about, you know, the, the battle between Cam and, and uh, Manning, and I think that's rightfully so, but you have to look at the defenses too. Denver can play just as much, you know, can bring – they play a different, you know, attack, they have a different attack on defense. They're not going to force as many turnovers, but they're going to stop you. You know, and, and – they they have the ability to make any quarterback, any quarterback, one dimensional, including Cam Newton, who is, you know, doing things that we haven't seen a quarterback do in years. So this defense is certainly capable, right? Of you know, carrying this team. That's why Manning can afford to have those bad games. He can afford to have an average game. He didn't play that well against the Patriots, looking at his numbers, and yet he only averaged like five yards a throw. Zahir, we call that a dink and dunk quarterback. <laughs> but, you know, so this defense, it's like Tim Tebow year. Reminds me, it's, it reminds me of that. Tim Tebow didn't win a playoff game. The defense won a playoff game. Tim Tebow made one throw that, you know, most high schoolers could make. Occasionally. Occasionally. You know, the deep throw to the wide open receiver. But Tim Tebow certainly didn't win that game for them. He kept them in the game, like Manning has. So, there is that. Moving forward, um... Yeah, that's a little bit of NFL talk. Let's uh, let's throw a little baseball really quick here. I'm always game. Let's throw a little baseball. Yo, did you see the new spring training uniforms, by the way? I have not. They look really nice. Uh, cool. I will look them up right now. Uh, the new the spring training unis look beautiful. Um. Okay, what, really quickly. Is there, is there a uniform that comes to mind at any level that really, you know, sticks out? Uh, the, There's this one Houston Astros uniform. Uh, I believe that was worn during the Nolan Ryan years. It's like 
white and it has like kind of like an orange it's like a different shades of like orange and reddish and something like and stuff like that okay like if we're talking like baseball wise like that's yeah baseball like, that's what i'm talking about yeah like baseball. it's that uniform for me like stands out amongst them all just because of how it looks and how cool it is and then the next uniform that i could think of is just the it's this one white Sox uniform where literally it's kind of like this as like how the lettering is but it's like it's like for those of you who can't see yeah it it says socks on it it says yes i have a white socks hat on and uh it has you know like it was like the white uniforms with the socks and white and then it's like the red and white the red and blue like stripes and everything and through the middle but the one that like stands out to me when someone says hey what's the coolest baseball jersey you've ever seen it's definitely that one houston astros uniform i can't remember what year that's from but that's hands down part of me one of my favorite all-time jerseys actually joe is there one that sticks out to you um, no, I've seen more, um, ridiculous looking football uniforms. Um, but one of the ones I seem to like the most, and I'm a little bit partial to it, but, um, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, their camo one. Okay. It just, just, it's like the, um, like the desert camo. Oh, the, it's a digi camo. More. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a picture of it. You kind of see it, but that, uh, okay, the, yeah. the, Newer age camo, yeah. Not, newer not age like camo. hunting camo, but yes. Yeah, the that light brown type stuff, and it just looks really nice with their black numbers and uh, uh, the gold stitching around them. Um, I personally like that one the best, but um, I haven't seen too many crazy ones now. College football, like schools like Oregon and uh, so, so many other places, even NFL teams wearing Maryland, oh my uh, God, wearing God. ridiculous things yeah. like that. I, I don't think those are the color rush. Yeah. Green Bay will be wearing those. So the uniform that sticks out to me. Now, minor league baseball has the best uniforms. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there is Star Wars Night. They're, you know, based around all these things. There's, you know, uniforms like R2-D2, Chewbacca, all those people. But uh, the Kalamazoo Growlers in the Northwoods League. Now, I was I interned with the, team, with the Northwoods League, um, the Eau Claire Express. Kalamazoo was on the, is in the south. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I was from Kalamazoo as well. But they did a selfie jersey night. And what you could do from a time frame. Now, I want you to look it up. Just look up Kalamazoo Growlers, like the bear growler, selfie jersey. Um, and I, re- I, I highly recommend anyone at home looking this up, too. Uh, basically, fans could send in a selfie of themselves, you know, a couple or whatever. Um, and if they sent it in on time, um, it was guaranteed to be put on the uniform. Like, there was a time frame, like, from midnight, from one day for, like, to X, for X amount of days. If you sent in the uniform... They would put it into the uniforms. Yes, and I thought it oh was going to be. Goodness, that is the coolest thing. <laughs> and ever. I thought it was going to be just the worst thing because you don't know what it's going to. It's a bunch of pictures of people, right. but it was kind of like a collage. And it, I thought it like the, they came out, they played one game in them, and it they looked fantastic. You know, they got enough people submitting where they're they're really they're, they're smaller, so they're not like giant pictures of people's faces. Right. You know, there's not like four people sent it in, so they had to put four faces on there. They're very small. It's almost mosaic. And they put they auctioned them off after the game um, and stuff like that. And to me, those were just it was a great thing to do. It was a great they were a new team. I can't remember if it was their first year or their second year in the league, but um, you know it's a great way to get fan involvement. Right. Um, and it's one of those ones where you're kicking yourself because you can do Star Wars night anytime you want. You do the selfie jersey that that's Kalamazoo's. I wish they did it every year, um, but it's just one of those ones where you you can't do it because it's just. It, you know, it, it's been done, and it's like you you can't match it, and it just it looked fantastic. Uh, that to me is a, is my all time favorite baseball jersey. 
Um, the, the Brewers Ball and Glove logo, the classic, love it. But those selfie jerseys are just the most unique things. And it's just yeah. such a creative idea. You can, you know, the, the sports, the, the movie themed jerseys have been happening for years. Then I think I honestly think they look. I've had two different pictures: one from more of a distance, and one from like right up. I really think they look more interesting, more from a distance. I mean, you would you wouldn't know if you just saw a picture from from like the sidelines or from the uh, uh, from the stands. You wouldn't know what was on them until you got up close. And I think that's what makes them more interesting. Yeah, it's almost it, it looks cam. It looks like they're wearing camo, camo. like they're, they're camo uniforms. Um, you know, that's it's kind of the, the honoring the, the servicemen and women. Uh, you know, that's kind, of, that's kind of been, you know, a, a lot of teams have them now. Yeah, so from a distance, it does, like I said, it's not obnoxious at all. Um, but then, yeah, you get up close and boom. And, then, you know, how cool would it be to find your, you know, find your face on jersey somewhere? And I said they auction them off. It, it, it looks sharp. Um, they did a great job with it, personally. It looks great. Like, I would, I want yeah, I, 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 I can't. Imagine. I'm sure they didn't go for too much, but yeah, I'm sure they sell, sold for uh, more than my price tag. Yep. More we have uh, seven minutes left, really quick, and before we get into the final thoughts here, just like to remind everyone that you have a chance to win a free drink from Jitters. Uh, we're looking for a caller. At this point, we're going to go the first person to call in here to ninety one seventy edge because we don't have a caller yet. Uh, again, the number is two six two four seven two one three one two. Uh, again, the coupon is good for one free drink from Jitters Coffee House, which is a student-run organization uh, or student-run coffee shop and smoothie drink shop. Um, ice cream. Drinks, ice cream, stuff like that. You know, yeah. Oreo gas the best drink to get in the world. Hands down. Um, located in the Wells Towers, in, officially Wells East, or on the first floor, so anyone can access it. Um, hours kind of vary because it is volunteer, but, you know, for the most part, it's open at nights. It is, and nights. it is open tomorrow to coincide with the open mic night. Yes, open mic night on Jitters. You know, that's the thing. It's more that, you know, you get there, they have a ton of board games, they have a stage, yep. they have a lot of stuff, you know, going on. A lot of a lot of good things going on. I know tomorrow, like I said, is open mic night, so I get seven. And the couple of times that I have gone into Jitters, like, during those events, you know, like, I'll open, I'll openly admit, like, I haven't, like, stayed around, like, a whole, a whole lot. Mostly because, like, it's just so it's like it's so crowded and everything, but it just goes, it goes to show like how popular it is. Yeah, it's and a great way to meet people. It is, and it's like the acts that they have and the people that go on stage. And sometimes, sometimes they actually have like real bands, and sometimes it's just you know people just going up there and just doing what they do. You know, just they have an opportunity to just sing or do poetry and things like that. And mm-hmm. when you're waiting around for, in my case, when you're wait, waiting around for for like your like third Oreo gasm of the week. And or night or night, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, study, man, got to study sometimes. And like you're just toying around your phone. There's so many people there, and there's like so many things where you basically your mind is going into straight up ADD mode. You don't know what to do or anything, and you're kind of like forcing yourself just to sit there, and you find yourself just like watching some of the acts. You tend to, uh, you know, you kind of watch it, and you get an appreciation because it's just like you. You don't know how much talent is like around campus, and there's a lot of these people. It's like you know, this maybe they're just like shy and everything like that, and then it's just this is like their oppor- you know, like their chance and everything. You know, yeah, like, and uh, that, there's like karaoke nights. And, stuff, and that's the thing but. too with with Jitters, the the stage they have there. You know, yeah, you have some open mic nights in the UC at um in the down under, but typically, you know, you're seeing you know the comedians you you, you know you bring in there are up and coming. You know, comedians. Right. Kevin Hart performed at Whitewater before what? He became, before he became big. No way. Um, it was a number of years ago. It was on, it, but he was rising up, and now look where he's at. Now, right. Jitters. That's that's more of a starting point. You know, you're gonna mm-hmm. get. It. I remember. Uh, it, I think we all know him, Josh Heath. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know if you know him, Joe. Uh, he was, uh, you know, hilarious guy on TV. Was part of the, you know, the blender here on, on EWW TV. Uh, you know, just hilarious guy. He did a standard routine at an open mic night, and it was absolutely hilarious. You know, so that's the thing is, you know, the acts that they bring, yes, they're young, they're up and coming, but it's not like right, Jitters it's, where it's at, you know, it's, it's say, somebody on campus. That, it's you know, different than, like, the UC having their karaoke nights and everything. This is people kind of like, yes, they can do covers of songs, but they can, like, do their own thing. Yeah. And I'm getting, I'm there, and I'm listening to this one chick just sing, and she is probably... This like five two, Connor's height for those of you trying to do it. Five eight <laughs> is my height on a good day. Um, I've heard five seven from your mouth before. It because because yeah because it's five eight's like a good day. It's more like five seven's like the average. But no, like this, like she's just belting out like you know like uh just sounds and everything. I'm just sitting there just like, whoa, what are you? doing here why are you not you know on a choir or something here if you are great but you know it's a great it's a great time especially open mic nights are a great night like joe said it's you can socialize and everything there's plenty of people there great music you know there's comedians and stuff like that too like around campus who want to do their own thing and then just the drinks at jitters are good too yeah they're fantastic at jitters but this isn't sports so but let's keep promoting. Why not? Yeah. Again, again <laughs> once again, the number to call in is 262-472-1312. You have about two minutes and 49 seconds uh, to uh, receive your free drink coupon from Jitters. This uh, is a full semester length uh, in terms of expiration date, so you don't feel have to, you don't have to be uh, rushed to use it. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, a good deal, a really good deal. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't even think it's, like, limited on, like, what size. I Thanks, Michael Ignos, for giving me the uh, thumbs up. So I don't think it's limited to like a size or anything. So it could be like a small or regular. Might as well get the large then. Might as well. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into final thoughts here. Uh, there it goes. Joe Kabicki, do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, well, I'm not really. Um, I'm just hoping that everybody will be safe with all the weather coming this weekend. Or actually not this weekend, uh, later on this week. And I'm just excited for another great week here on Hot Dog. Connor Moore. Uh, for like the third straight day, um, I have our third straight hog talk day. I have something related to soccer is my final thought. But oh, today was deadline day for like transfer deals, which is kind of sort of like the trade deadline. And my team did absolutely nothing, and I'm getting really irritated. So this is gonna be a long last half of the year. But uh, I really, I guess, really my own final thought is that. Uh, we talked about it a lot, of, a, a couple of times. Like, we need to get some more fans, like actual fan interaction at like basketball games, because like they show up, but they just sit there and watch. Calling out the Whitewater crowd right I'm now. I'm kind of calling. I'm calling them out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the, calling the, them out. The folks who sit directly across the way from, you know, you from the scores table on the other side, um, closest to the door. The student section. Yeah, the, student the actual se- student section. The actual student section. Uh, like pitiful. You're not, you're not at the library, people. Cheer. Okay. Before we get in too much trouble with the student population and get, you know, <laughs> I, I believe the uh, the mob is starting out outside. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to a, a member of the sports committee um, and also part of 91 on the Edge, Devin Warburton. It is his birthday today, uh, so happy birthday to you. Uh, he's also a good friend of mine outside of the radio station. Uh, we have a meeting tomorrow, so bring food. Uh, that's the result of having a birthday on 
being part of the sports committee. And so once again, happy birthday to you. Um, I know you had to give up your cats due to uh, some living situations, so I, uh, you know, my condolences to you. I know that they're uh, very close to you. And also congratulations to my friends who had puppies, um, eight puppies. Whoa. Uh, in their first letter, eight puppies. So, wow. yes, that's a lot to handle out there. Um, we're going to end it here. We're not on TV today. We may not be on tomorrow. Maybe by the end of this week. Maybe hopefully by next week. So next our pretty little more. faces were not able to get on air. So and next week's a for sure. Speaking thing. of pretty little faces, Michael Inos is coming up next with a special guest on the show, or is he just observing? No, he's shaking his head. Keep it locked right here on ninety-one seventy Edge WSUW Whitewater.